to live prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Monday evening. I pray you had a wonderful weekend, a good start to your week. I know my weekend was going nice until about uh, three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> if you're new to the program, you're watching live prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Wherever you're watching me all throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea and border to border, thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePure.com, world's largest interactive Christian website, reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address is coming up on your screen, LivePure.com, LivePure.com. So I pray you had a good weekend and did some fun things while winding down the Thanksgiving weekend. I pray if you were traveling, uh, you were able to get back home with the least amount of resistance, right? And uh, we're into the stretch run for the rest five, five more weeks. This year's over. Unbelievable. And then we go into 2024. Ooh. But uh, glad, uh, glad, glad to be back with you again tonight and uh, looking forward to this week. We've got a lot of things to talk about tonight. So without further ado, four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for doing that. Second, of course, is to share the daily devotional with people you know. Encourage them to sign up. It's free like everything at Live Prayer. It'll be in their email every morning. Great way to stay plugged into the Lord. And last of all, or third of all, of course, is this TV program. Continue to tell people how to watch the program. And then last of all, of course, is if this ministry has been a blessing to you, as we wind down the last weeks of 2023, please pray about a special year in gift to Live Prayer. Uh, this ministry has been a blessing to you throughout the year. Uh, and all gifts to the library are 100% tax deductible. So it might be a case of you're either going to give Uncle Sam some money or donate it to library so we can keep up the great work we've been doing here online for over 24 years now, coming up 21 years on TV. I appreciate it more than you know. All right, let's have a word of prayer. We will get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the start of another week. I thank you for my friends who have joined me tonight. I pray for them, their families. I pray, God, for their every need to be met for your glory. Thank you for this day that we've enjoyed as we start a new week, the blessings that we've known throughout this day. And now, Lord, we just commit this time to you. We ask that you will have your way with us tonight, Lord. Inspire us, encourage us, educate us, touch hearts and lives. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We've got uh, quite a 
a bit of content to get to tonight, but this will be one of those uh, eating an elephant nights. If you're new to the program, there's an old adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So we're going to start taking bite after bite and see how far we get before the end of the program. Amen. Let me start with Cutter. You know, I got to be honest with you. Very, not a lot of people are very up to speed with the Middle East and how that region of the of the world works. Qatar, while they sound like they're a very neutral country, they're far from that. Matter of fact, most of the terror groups do their banking in Qatar. Do you know the head? Management team, if you want to use that expression, of Hamas. They don't live in Gaza. They live in Qatar. They live in Qatar in, 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 in some of the most luxurious surroundings you could ever imagine. Yet, as they're negotiating for these hostages and uh, we're going to take a break in the fighting and all that, guess who's doing all the negotiating? Qatar. All I can tell you is, and, and, and I mean, this is the only way you can look at it. Joe Biden, his political hack, who's Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, another political hack, these people have never done anything in the real world. When they weren't in office, either in the in the uh, Obama administration or now the uh, Biden administration, they were basically plugged into uh, private organizations like the Penn Biden Center, where they made a paycheck. They've never had to go out and earn a paycheck, make a paycheck based on their abilities, based on merit. Okay. That's why you had Afghanistan, that pathetic withdrawal. And that's why you've got this nightmare going on in, in Israel right now. These people never negotiated anything in their life. For instance, we get <laughs> we get 10 hostages back, and they get 50 terrorists that Israel's holding. How come every time either Obama or Biden, which it's the same thing, are negotiating anything, they get the short end of the stick every time. We, we got back a black, lesbian, drug addict basketball player and in return, Russia got the number one arms merchant in the world. Of course, you can go back to the Bo Bergdahl uh, travesty where we got a traitor back. They got five uh, Muslim generals. Four of the five are actually running Afghanistan right now. It's like every time we get involved in these negotiations... It's always through third parties, and we always get the short end of the stick. 
And by we, don't listen, you got to understand something. Yes, Israel's autonomous, but we have a lot of say-so in what's going on in Israel right now. By the way, out of the 40-some hostages that they released, not one American, other, other than that little three, four-year-old girl. And did, I didn't know this. Her grandmother is one of the Democratic donors that's buying Hunter Biden's artwork. You can't make this up. Buying Hunter Biden's artwork. Visits the White House all the time. Um, this, this, this whole, the, let, let me put it If Bibi Netanyahu's intelligent, I do believe he is. And we can argue at some point about how much of a role he played in, in, in this whole thing happening to begin with. But he, should, he needs to just ignore Biden. Ignore Blinken. Now, that's easier said than done because of the money that we, we, we give Israel. But I'm telling you right now, what Hamas is looking for, they're looking for a long ceasefire. They basically now put a, put a hold on that war for five days and got another couple days coming. This is the, I mean, they're just playing these people for fools. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up. I I, I have zero confidence in, uh, you know, one of the uh, secretaries of defense during the Bush or during the uh, the Bush years, W. Bush years, who also overlapped into some Democratic uh, administrations. He said every decision Joe Biden has ever made in, in, in his political career when it comes to foreign policy, every single decision has been the wrong one. Now, again, Joe Biden doesn't know what day it is, all right? And when it comes to Barack Obama, end of the day, loves his Shia brothers in Iran, doesn't like Israel, so, of course, they're just backing way down on these negotiations and just letting pretty much Hamas run, run, the, run, the, run the game. We'll see how things roll out in the next few days. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens over the next few days because it's obvious to me that not only are they flipping through four actual terrorists for innocent hostages, but at the same time, who knows what they're doing as far as regrouping, you know, kind of getting their battle plans ready to go again. Not a good situation. And by the way, as I told you the day it started, Ukraine's done. It's over. The, 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 I think the only major issue left in that situation is what is Zelensky going to do? Is he going to try to hang on to oversee the multi-trillion dollar rebuild of, of, of Ukraine? And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, that probably would not be a good move because once the war is pretty much over, Zelensky has no power. Once Zelensky was 
unable to keep the billions rolling in from America and the EU, he's done. Because if he decides to stay, I could see the military pretty much overrunning him. That That's the only thing left in Ukraine right now, just so you know. And then we come to the fact, speaking of Iran, that Iran has an actual hit, assassination, for Mike Pompeo, who was the CIA director when uh, Qasem Soleimani was taken out, uh, John Bolton, because he was one of the main advisors, although the person that pulled the trigger was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump. The FBI released a statement that there, there are credible threats to actually kill Pompeo, Bolden, and Trump by Iranian assassins. Now, let me just throw this in the mix. How many Iranian assassins are in this country we don't know about because they walk right across the southern border, our southern border? And by the way, there's a lot more talk in the last week that I've heard yet about assassinating Donald Trump. I know people on this program get upset when I talk about we have to be realistic. And now, now that they've got this credible threat that Iran wants to take him out, who's to say he gets taken out they blame it on Iran? I'm just throwing this out there, folks. Because like I told you, they're not going to let Donald Trump just march back into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Only God knows what games are going to play. But at some point, at some point, they're going to unleash all kinds of uh, lawfare and whatever else. Of course, they're still banking maybe on the current legal issues, taking him out. So we we will see. But Business Insider, Business Insider had a whole article about Trump being assassinated. If he's assassinated before the convention, what happens to the Republican nomination? All the, in other words, they went through all these scenarios, all involving the death of Donald Trump. This this is something that they're now openly talking about. Dan Goldman, the uh, congressman from uh, New York City who's the uh, one of the heirs to the Levi Strauss fortune. What was it? Last weekend, I mean, yeah, last weekend. He said Trump had to be eliminated. And don't forget, probably one of the most telling statements that was made in public was right the, the day after Trump was elected in 2016, David Plouffe, one of the chief political strategists for Barack Obama, sent out a tweet that basically said, Donald Trump must be destroyed. And here's the case. His kind must never rise again. So I, I say all this to pray for his safety. By the grace of God, he's 
got probably some of the bravest men and women on the planet guarding him. That's the Secret Service. Seems It seems like the Secret Service is about the only... Uh, about the only institution that hasn't been totally co-opted and weaponized. Pope Francis last Friday hosted 44 mentally ill men who think they're women at the Vatican for lunch. I wonder if he preached the gospel and encouraged them to accept Jesus. And I mention this mainly to bring up the fact that we've got churches in this country, probably half of them, probably half of them, sorry, probably half of them, they open their arms, they're very welcoming to people who don't know what gender they are, very open to people who choose to engage in perverted sex with people of the same sex, very open to people that, you know, kill innocent babies. Now, here's the point, and this applies to the Pope too. There's nothing wrong about opening your arms to these people. We're all, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a, a, a savior, right? But the problem is they never get around to the gospel. It's like these churches virtue signal the fact that they're open to people who are living in unrepentant sin. That's nothing to brag about. But they do. They, they think it's virtuous. And those people will stay in those churches and never even consider finding freedom from their bondage because they don't view it as a bondage. And the church certainly isn't pointing that fact out to them. Just like I'm sure the Pope didn't say anything to these 44 mentally ill men who think they're women. Again, everyone, everybody, you know, should be in church on Sunday if it's a real church. That's the problem. Because again, we're all sinners. But you can't have the church the institution, the church, condone sin. That's, in, that, that, that's insane. Or you can't have the church give a pass to sin. Argentina's new president, Malay, said Biden is a socialist and a threat to Western values. <laughs> Boy, he... He sure, he sure figured Joe out real quick, didn't he? Ooh, man. He's right on the money, though. And then you got MSNBC. The race lady, Joy Ann Reed, who claims Speaker Johnson is a Christian nationalist and an anti-abortion zealot. I said, yes, he is, and so am I. Now, She's using these labels as pejoratives. She's using these labels 
uh, as something terrible, horrible. And we've gone through this whole Christian nationalist thing. When the media calls somebody a Christian nationalist, what they're doing is they're you know, basically they're trying to paint them as, uh, as as somebody who wants a theocracy. They want the Bible everywhere and hymns everywhere, right? No. A Christian nationalist is simply somebody who's come to Christ by faith and they believe in the traditions and the values of their country. That's not, that, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's great. And when she calls Johnson an anti-abortion zealot, all she, all she is doing is point out the fact that he's pro-life. And he doesn't believe little babies should be slaughtered in the womb. You see, these people are, are so out of their minds that they say things that are supposed to be negative. But they're very, you know, I mean, people can call me a Christian nationalist, anti-abortion zealot all day long. Thank you very much. I'm glad you noticed. The Washington Post, the Bezos Post, very concerned because they are seeing the open border, our southern open border, as a real potential problem to the Democrats keeping the White House. And they're right. I don't know what I don't know why it took them two and a half years to figure this out. But they're they're at least catching on to the fact that immigration the border is going to be a very big deal this coming uh, November. By the way, speaking of that, speaking of uh, election game plans, so far you've got nine states that are going to be 